Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. I'm totally into this and bewildered by the future. Ron DeSantis is getting in. Ron DeSantis is getting in at a time when Donald Trump seemingly is in a commanding position against a now growing field. But wow, danger, Will Robinson, so many things lurking around the corner for Trump. I'm about to explain to you why so many Republicans are undeterred by Trump's standing in these polls. Uh, First, DeSantis is getting in in a unique way via Twitter supported by, I don't mean endorsed by, but supported by in terms of the announcement, Elon Musk. It's going to go down tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern time. I said to TC earlier, when I shall be on with Wolf Blitzer. I accepted that commitment and and they said, you know, DeSantis is going to get in. But when they invited me, none of us knew that he was going to do it in this unique fashion. So I don't know what that will look like. I think it's an audio only presentation with Not only Elon Musk, but David Sachs, who is a tech entrepreneur, a Musk confidant, who is a DeSantis supporter. So this unique style of announcement is going to be something to take in. There will then be a video that gets dropped. And in addition to the video, he's going to get on the road post Memorial Day weekend and visit all the early states. There's also an event going on right now in Miami for bundlers. For Ron DeSantis, that's at the Four Seasons Hotel. That's going to last a day or two. There's also a front page story in the New York Times today with a three or four person byline that reads as follows. A key political group supporting Ron DeSantis presidential run is preparing a one hundred million dollar voter outreach push so big it plans to knock on the door of every possible DeSantis voter in at least four at least four times in the states of New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina, and five times for those who live in Iowa. So if you are a potential DeSantis voter, potential, not not committed, it's not like you signed up and now they're going to remind you with some street list. No, no, if you're in the potential pool of DeSantis voters, four different times you're going to get a knock on the door, five if you're in Iowa. The point being, it's a well-funded and will seemingly be a well-orchestrated campaign But Ron DeSantis gets in at a time when he's been struggling as an unannounced candidate. He's been a candidate, just hasn't been announced as a candidate. If you go back only to March, today's the 24th of May. If you go back only to early March, Trump was in the 40s and DeSantis was at about 30. 
now Trump consistently is at 50 and DeSantis is about 20. Why has there been this shift in the last couple of weeks? couple of different things. Top of mind for me, the Alvin Bragg indictment, and I'll circle back to that in a moment. But the Bragg indictment of Trump relative to Stormy Daniels had provided some wind at the sails, at least temporarily for Trump. You also had some DeSantis missteps, the comment that he made in response to uh, a Tucker Carlson questionnaire that went to all prospective Republican candidates. It was the Ukraine response. What what did he say? Territorial border or t- territorial dispute, I think were his words. Uh, the fight with Disney, I don't think has boded well for DeSantis. Maybe the six-week abortion ban plays with primary voters, but overall, I think that's a a net loser. But the point is there have been a number of of stumbling blocks for DeSantis in the last couple of weeks, all the while that Donald Trump has been attacking him via social media and and with a 10 to 15 million dollar, I forget which ad buy. So maybe DeSantis's vulnerability pushed over the line others contemplating getting in because now we're looking at a field that is not only Trump and will be DeSantis as of later today, and because of yesterday includes Tim Scott and Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy and Asa Hutchinson and Larry Elder. Uh, Glenn Youngkin, according to Axios, now being disputed by somebody on his staff, but according to Axios, having second thoughts that maybe he will get in. And former Vice President Mike Pence has said that by June he'll be making a firm decision. People speculate that Pence will get in. Chris Christie also has been sounding very much like a candidate. And if the field stays like that, then you would think that Donald Trump is going to cruise to a nomination victory. Why? Because it'll be a repeat of 2016. Only now he's a former president with a track record. But in 2016, there were so many candidates. I I think I just listed a potential of, of 10 candidates. That will be such an unwieldy debate stage that they will probably have to have a kid's table, much like they did in 2016. And so it would seem like it's advantage Donald Trump. But this is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. 
Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live, weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. I think the bigger stories and the bigger threats to Donald Trump don't come from the political opponents. They come from other opponents. And yesterday was a big day. Yesterday, Donald Trump appeared remotely in a Manhattan courtroom pertaining to the Alvin Bragg endorsement, the Stormy Daniels case, which is arguably the least problematic of his legal entanglements, but now is posing a serious threat to his schedule. I say that because New York Supreme Court Justice Juan Mershon, by the way, he also presided over the trial that pertained to two Trump entities and Alan uh, Weisselman, Weisselberg. So he's knowledgeable about Trump and Trump is an opponent, thinks that he's you know dead set against him and biased and so forth. Justice Mershon yesterday told the parties not to make plans around and after the trial date start of March 25. This is big. So even though this is the least, I think, problematic of Trump's legal peril, the fact that he must be a physical presence in a New York City courtroom for a trial that will probably last a week. Uh, just guessing, but I, I can't imagine that it's it's not a two or three day or it's it's a week. It could be longer, especially in state court, because they typically don't run the system the way the feds do. It is not like the E. Jean Carroll case where Trump sat it out, didn't even show up. He physically needs to be there. This, of course, the case pertaining to, you know, the business records and the, uh, how shall we describe it, misclarification of the payments that were made to Michael Cohn uh, for paying Stormy Daniels 130 grand From CNN, it says this, A New York judge has set a trial date of March 25, 2024, for the criminal case against former President Donald Trump, potentially setting up a media spectacle in the middle of the Republican primary season. Well, I went to take a look at what are the dates for 2024, the Republican primary dates for 2024. And frankly, nothing is really firm. Nothing is. Some of them seem set, but a lot of them are not. So let me instead give you the way 2016 rolled out. I'm skipping 2020 because there was not a a Republican primary battle. Well, let's go back to 2016, the cycle in which Donald Trump won the nomination. The Iowa caucus was February 1. The New Hampshire primary was February 9. South Carolina was February 20. Nevada was February 23rd, all of which set up I'll say the first Super Tuesday, March the 1st. March the 1st, you had Alabama, you had Alaska, Arkansas, Colorado, Georgia, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Vermont, Virginia, and Wyoming. That was March 1, 2016, emphasis mine. March 5, you had Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, and Maine. 
March 6 was Puerto Rico. March 8 was Hawaii, Idaho, Michigan, Mississippi. March 10, the Virgin Islands. March 12, the District of Columbia and Wyoming. March 15, Florida, Illinois, Missouri, North Carolina, Ohio. March 22nd, Arizona, Utah, and Samoa. I expect that the calendar in 2024 will look very similar to this. And then it was April that you had Wisconsin, New York, Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, May, Indiana, Nebraska, West Virginia, Oregon, and Washington State. The tentative date for Super Tuesday 2024, right now penciled in for March the 5th, Alabama, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia. Okay, Michael, my eyes are glazing over. What's the point? The point is that Donald Trump will be on trial post-Super Tuesday, but not by much, and with more voting to occur thereafter, right in the thick. I mean, the only thing more problematic for him is if they they'd move the trial up two weeks, right in the thick of people actually voting. Think of the optics. There won't be cameras. You'll be looking at sketches, but you're going to see him coming and going to court every day. It will dominate the news. And this is the least of his perils, legally speaking. In the middle of all of that timeline that I just laid out for you, he will be on trial, not in a civil case, in a criminal case. Oh, wait, as Ron Popeil would say, there's more. Because you've also got Mar-a-Lago. And you've also got Fulton County, Georgia. Remember, one month ago today, one month ago today, Fonnie Willis, the Fulton County District Attorney, who's looking at the perfect phone call and more, sent a letter to the sheriff, putting the sheriff on notice in a public way, saying, hey, I'm going to be indicting some folks, and you got to get ready. I'm looking at it right now. Dear Sheriff Labatt, My staff and I greatly appreciate the efforts you have made to increase security at the Fulton County Courthouse. While these efforts have addressed security needs related to several high-profile trials and investigations, as we've discussed, the need for vigilance will increase. In the future, I will announce charging decisions resulting from the investigation my office has been conducting into possible criminal interference in the administration of Georgia's 2020 election. I'm providing this letter to bring to your attention the need for heightened security and preparedness in the coming months. And then skipping ahead a few sentences, I will be announcing charging decisions resulting from the investigation during Fulton County Superior Court's fourth term of court which will begin on July 11 and conclude September 1. Well, first of all, she's announcing charging decisions. Obviously, there will be indictments. Otherwise, who's going to come out and protest such that you've got to tell the sheriff, like, oh, nobody got indicted. Let's go raise hell at Fulton County Courthouse. That's not happening. And secondly, it has to be Trump. It has to be Trump. Is anyone, is there going to be some kind of a groundswell that the sheriff has to be notified if it isn't Trump? If it's the lawyers, the, you know, the lawyer scheme, like we're going to, we're going to front a bunch of slates of electoral college voters, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, think of whatever other aspect it could be in Fulton County. Unless it's Trump, I don't think you need to sound the alarm. So tell me again, when's that? July 11, 
to September 1. This summer, heart of the summer. And then you've got the Jack Smith, Merrick Garland, Mar-a-Lago investigation posted at Smirconish.com today from the Wall Street Journal. Special counsel Jack Smith has all but finished obtaining testimony and other evidence in his criminal investigation into whether former President Trump mishandled classified documents at his Mar-a-Lago resort, according to people familiar with the matter. Some of Trump's close associates are bracing for his indictment and anticipate being able to fundraise off a prosecution. People in the former president's circle said as clashes with the Trump legal team have led to the departure of a key lawyer. In recent weeks, prosecutors working for Smith have completed interviews with nearly every employee at Trump's Florida home, from top political aides to maids and maintenance staff. And I'll tell you what gives credence to the journal report that Smith is wrapping up. It's the additional reporting that comes from ABC, and I'm looking at the New York Times, I think the ABC had it first, which says the Trump's lawyers are now reaching out and asking for a meeting with Merrick Garland himself. Well, why would they do that? They would do that because they know Jack Smith has reached a decision. And if Jack Smith reached a decision that was not a charging decision, I don't think they'd be asking for the meeting. Lawyers for former President Trump sent a letter on Tuesday requesting a meeting with Attorney General Merrick Garland related to the special counsel investigation into Trump's conduct. The letter cited no specifics, but asserted that Trump was being treated unfairly by the Justice Department through the investigations led by the special counsel Jack Smith. Uh, Maggie Haberman's coverage included this paragraph. The letter's tone is markedly different from the approach taken by Mr. Trump shortly after the FBI executed a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago in August of 2022, recovering documents that Trump had failed to turn over after receiving a subpoena, yada, yada, yada. The letter from his lawyers was directly confrontational. It implied that the family of Mr. Biden, who appointed Mr. Garland and who is himself the focus of a special counsel investigation into a far smaller number of classified documents from his vice presidential and Senate days found in spaces where he worked and in his home is benefiting from more favorable treatment. Therein lies the answer, gang, as to why at a time when Donald Trump, a former president, has 50 percent of Republican voters, according to all of the polls, nevertheless is drawing all of this opposition. So many getting in, like nobody's holding back. Who's not getting in? They're all getting in. And they're getting in because of the unpredictability that I so often describe here. My football analogy, not knowing which way that ball will bounce. I have never seen such an unpredictable cycle just beginning. And Trump's opponents, Trump's opponents are not the individuals on that stage. It's all these other entanglements that he cannot control and are going to come to fruition you know, right in the thick of it. And I, I for one, don't believe you, you may call and tell me I'm wrong. I don't think that the reaction to Mar-a-Lago, if there's an indictment for obstruction of justice, and I don't believe that I'm, I'm less certain. I'm less certain about Fonnie Willis, but I my gut tells me that even that prosecution will not have the same political reaction that benefits Trump the way Alvin Bragg did. Because the, the Bragg case in the end is about sex. And we know that just doesn't play. 
It just does not impact voters. Go back and look at, you know, the mid-1990s for a lesson on that. So, uh, what am I saying? I'm saying I have no idea, but I, I, I wish to underscore my thought, not prediction, that when all is said and done, it might not be Trump or Biden at the top of either ticket. I'm sure when Mark is here today, Mark is going to say, look, as of today, as of today, you'd have to say that it's Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I agree, you know, that as of today, that's what you have to say in the face of the polling. One's an incumbent, one's a former president. Then then he'll probably tell me that his spidey sense tells him, just as it tells me, that it could be two entirely different people. And, and that's why Tim Scott gets in. Why not? Get in, run a clean race, make a name for yourself. Who the hell knows what's about to unfold? Those are my thoughts. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Chris, you are in New Jersey. Greetings. You are a DeSantis supporter who thinks what? I think these legal attacks on Trump only make him stronger, and it, it upsets me because I think they never learn. I think, I think you're right. His main opponent is not his primary opponents, but the establishment. And it's like they have a voodoo doll, and they keep sticking pins in him trying to kill Trump. And every time they do it, it makes us stronger. Okay. And, well, it, cle- it clearly did. It clearly. It clearly did when Bragg indicted him. I mean, fast forward. It's now March of 2024. March the 25th. Donald Trump's in a courtroom. Voting has already begun. A lot of voting has already taken place. Are people going to look at that and say? Oh, my God, here's a guy, he's running for president, you're, you're going to put him through this, he's going to sit there because of the way in which they classified a hush money payment over sex, or are people going to say, we can't have him? 
it's gone too far. There might be some that say it's gone too far, but I think the record shows that most people say it's just more of the same establishment attacks on Donald Trump. No other candidate would be marched into court like this, like Donald Trump is, and he'll parade himself as a, as a hero and a martyr. And well, the, the it longer will only it, make him stronger, and I don't like it. The longer it takes, uh, the more problematic I, I think it all becomes because— I mean, look, we, we all God, have we forgotten the jury four person who did a media tour talking about her role and people remember she, she was a little different. Um, and what's so complicated about Mar-a-Lago? My God, bring it to a close already, because the further we get into the cycle, the more the more uncomfortable I am. I mean, the Justice Department has a standard about, you know, not not intruding into the, the public domain when there's an election that's in earnest. Hi, Chuck, you're in North Carolina. What are you thinking? Good morning, Michael. Uh, I'm thinking if this, uh, all these cases turn into, especially with the Mar-a-Lago, if it turns into a tsunami where the big money finally says that Trump cannot be elected and all these other people getting in uh, kind of indicates that is a possibility, as you say. If that happened, would do you think that that would be the opportunity for Joe Biden to say, I'm not going to run? I always wanted to stop Trump. We've done it. And now it's time for new blood. Okay, so I think it puts to the test. It puts to the test his rationale. Right. Because if if there's no if there's no Trump, I got to believe that Biden in his heart still wants to be president. I, I think it would turn up the pressure on him to step aside. I, uh, I, I totally agree with you with that. Uh, quick sideline, but. Would uh, WM uh, be possible opportunity for <laughs> Is that where we are? We're now referring to him by his 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 initials. Well, you certainly did, and uh, I'm just following your uh, your lead here, uh, Michael. I wonder if it could spread. Like, there's a move afoot. Thank you, Chuck. There's a move afoot for WM to get into this race. I'd love I'd love to create that wildfire movement. I just take him at his word that. That unless his wife is on board, it's not something he would seriously look at. Uh, yeah. So Barbara is going to be next in Bonita Springs, Florida, because she has a theory as to why all these Republican candidates are running. I've given you mine. My theory is because they think he's going to fall because they think that one or a combination of these legal entanglements is going to bring him down. Standing at 50 percent in the polls as a former president of the United States, 50 percent among Republican I mean, because on paper, it makes no sense that you'd get in. That's my whole point. The larger the field, the more to his advantage. And by my count, we could be headed for 10 candidates, 10 on that stage. Nobody touches Trump. If there are 10 people on that stage, it's a repeat of 2016. His hand is even stronger, except for the legal issues. It's because they believe one or more of them is going to be his political end. Okay, Barbara, now you've heard my theory twice. What is yours? Yeah, and I've heard it many times before because I'm an avid listener. But here's here's my theory. Um, I don't think that they think he's going to fall. I think they're all smart. They're super smart. They have really good people around them. Theoretically, they have to get in now because there's a deadline. And what they're thinking is he's never getting out. He's never falling. But we're all going to be in. And at some point, strategically, we are all going to get together, sit in a room and say, "Okay, 
which of us has the best chance to beat them. We're all going to do this together. Which of us is going to be president? Which is a, which of us is going to be VP? Okay, Tim, you want to be this. You're getting secretary of state. And then there's only going to be one against Trump. And that one is going to attract people like me and your listeners who are and the 70 percent of the independents who, who want who are dying for somebody to get in there who is moderate, who is reasonable, who is smart, who isn't Trump. And that's my theory. OK, not a bad theory. I would just say there's a lot of ego on that list. It takes ego to to run for the highest office in the land. By definition, these are people who would want it to be the other person. Hey, I'm I'm it Tim does. Scott. It's it not does, me. It's it you. Takes it's intelligence, right, Michael? It takes intelligence. And these people are smart. Trump is dumb. We all know that already. He and and he only has his base is only thirty something percent. We know that too, and they know that. So they're not going to say, "Oh, you know, Trump's been indicted," so and Trump. They're going to say. You need someone like X person, like the person we picked, who's a leader, who's intelligent, who yeah, I, I read the journal. I, I think you can't. Yeah, I think I think a reason why they get in is because they're surrounded by individuals unwilling to tell the emperor he has no clothes. They want to be along for the ride. I mean, is there someone right now in the orbit of Mike Pence telling him there's no shot here for you? You've offended the MAGA base and the non-MAGA base is distrusting of you because you were Trump's vice president. There's just not a, a path for victory. I think instead, and I've it's been years, but I've been involved in a number of campaigns. And I think instead, nobody wants to speak truth to power in the midst of a, a campaign. Instead, everybody wants to play along and see how far it'll last. Barbara, thank you for your theory. Yeah. I, I appreciate okay. your theory. I hope, I hope I'm right and you're wrong. Thank you. Appreciate it. Let me go to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Blackwell, greetings. Hi. Hey, I, you know, I think the his base, his people are largely evangelical Christians, and they believe that Donald Trump is selected by the Lord to lead. And they see all these attacks as being, you know, coming from the bad guys. And, um, you know, they think everything that Donald Trump is doing is what God wants. And it's a difficult situation because they have faith in him like they do in their religion. And it's hard to shake it because look at all this. It's it's obvious that he's, uh, you know, he's done wrong and he's a bad guy and he's lying about a lot of things. But they don't care because he's God's guy. OK, I, I can't that's speak. I, I it's hard to I shake. Can't. Blackwell, I can't speak for evangelical Christians. I cannot I, I cannot presume to know their mindset. My gut tells me that you're wrong and that instead they look at him as their prize fighter. They they know he's he's the two Corinthians guy. They know that he's not a true believer, but it's okay. It's okay because he'll go do battle with their enemies. It's more that they're attracted to him because of who he's willing to fight. You know, he's against Pelosi and Schumer and every right. other progressive. Saying, you know, yeah, I agree. We're both saying really the same thing, though, that they have faith that he's the guy that's going to do what they think is right. But I don't think that it's because he's. That. Yeah. Thank you, Blackwell. I don't think it's because they perceived him to be a, uh, a chosen one. Michael, you're in Denver, Colorado. Greetings. Hi. Hey, good morning. Um, I'm just curious of your thoughts. 
I mean, I, I don't think that indictments are going to have any impact on Trump's base or the results of the primary. But I go so far that I don't think a conviction will have an impact on his base or the Republican primary. A conviction will impact the general, but I still, I still think he wins the primary even if he's convicted. Depends for what? It depends for what? So the case that I the, – the, the only thing that we know for sure – is that he has a trial date, and the trial date is March 25th, uh, smack dab in the middle of the nomination process. That case is the the you know the hush money payment, uh, the the concealment, the misclassification. Call it what you will. It's it's for all the reasons I've discussed so many times here. It's a unique means of trying to elevate that case to a felony. Let's say he gets convicted. Does that preclude him in the minds of voters? I don't think so. I don't think that would stop Republican voters. But if it's if yeah, it's obstruction of if it's obstruction of justice, I think that's far more serious. Depends how that's presented by Merrick Garland and Jack Smith in in making the announcement and Fonnie Willis, I don't know. I don't know what the impact would be in that case. So I'm I'm kind of agreeing and kind of disagreeing with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it it's regardless of which charge or which case. Um like I said I I just his base in the Republican Party is just so far off the establishment that I still think, and especially with a large field, I, I still think he takes the primary. Even if he's convicted, even if he serves jail time, I still think he gets uh, the, the primary nomination. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to thwart him. I agree with that. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.